ECO Report is a weekly public affairs program providing independent media coverage of environmental and ecological studies with a focus on local, state, and regional people, issues, and events in order to foster open discussion of human relationships with nature and the earth and to encourage you to take personal responsibility for living sustainably in the world. EcoReport is produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana and financially supported by listeners like you. Hello and welcome to EcoReport. For WFHB, I'm Juliana Daly. And I'm Frank Marshallak. Coming up later in today's feature report, our WFHB Environmental Affairs Correspondent, Nathaniel Weinzapple, will continue his report on climate change in Indiana with Episode 4, which will discuss Indiana's severe weather future. And now for your environmental reports. There's a small update to our water quality in Lake Monroe. The proposed Houston South Vegetation Management and Restoration Project risked increasing sediment runoff into the South Fork of Salt Creek. Ultimately, the court ruled in favor of the Forest Service plan. As a result of ensuing litigation, though the court ruled in favor of the Forest Service on two of the three claims, the case was remanded back to the Forest Service in March 30, 2022, ruling by the United States District Court for the Southern District of Indiana. Though the court did not rule that the project presented any threat to the water quality of Lake Monroe, the ruling stated that the Forest Service failed to, quote, fully evaluate the environmental effects to Lake Monroe, unquote. On Tuesday, October the 4th, mayors of Bloomington and Columbus, John Hamilton and Jim Leinhoop, hosted a regional climate convening to bring together about 100 critical players from Bartholomew, Brown, and Monroe counties from the private nonprofit, educational, and government sectors. The goal was to address the shared challenge that is climate change and explore preparation, adaptation, and mitigation measures. The informative and participatory event included remarks by both mayors, panel discussions, breakout work, and a keynote address by Executive Chairman of Cummins, Tom Leinbarger, a private sector leader in climate change responses. Three panels addressed distinct aspects of climate change. A weakness of the meeting was the paucity of science. Someone from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, for example, could have given an update on global issues. Inside Indiana Business presented the results of a new report from Advanced Energy Economy, which states that the increase in the number of clean energy jobs in Indiana more than doubled the state's overall job growth in 2021. The National Trade Association says Indiana employed 89,000 Hoosiers last year in advanced energy jobs, representing a 7% increase over the previous year. Quote, advanced energy jobs are growing. They're in demand high-paying jobs, and we're just seeing a huge boom, especially in the electric vehicle space, end quote, said Carl Auslander, director of Indiana Advanced Energy Economy. 
Auslander said solar jobs rose 7% and EV jobs increased 29% over the last year. Quote, we're seeing a number of new businesses come to the state in the electric vehicle space, and we're really excited to see that clean energy is just growing and becoming more popular in Indiana, end quote, said Auslander. Over the last few months, Indiana has seen major EV-related investment. In May, global auto giant Stellantis and Samsung in South Korea announced a joint venture that would invest more than $2.5 billion to build an EV factory facility in Kokomo and create 1,400 jobs. Earlier this month, General Motors Company said it would invest $491 million to expand and upgrade operations at its Marion Metal Center to support EV production. Ultium Cells, a joint venture between GM and LG Energy Solution in South Korea, is also considering a site in New Carlisle for a potential $2.4 billion EV battery manufacturing plant. Quote, Indiana has always been a home base for auto manufacturing and auto manufacturing growth. So as the technologies grow and change, Indiana is adapting to that. And that's exactly what we're seeing in Kokomo, in Marion, and in St. Joe County. I anticipate that we're going to see a lot more announcements, just like these moving forward. End quote, said Auslander. Auslander says the Inflation Reduction Act signed into law by President Biden in August will also benefit clean energy jobs in Indiana. Looking forward, Auslander says he expects to see more growth as businesses continue to see investment in Indiana. The Duke Energy Foundation has awarded 20 grants, totaling more than $250,000, to Indiana-based organizations undertaking a wide range of environmental initiatives across the state including projects to enhance Indiana parks, protect vulnerable habitats, support clean water, and expand outdoor recreational and educational opportunities. Only awards in our listening area are listed. Canopy Bloomington in Monroe County will receive $15,000 for tree planting in economically disadvantaged areas. Canopy Bloomington has identified several economically disadvantaged areas within the city of Bloomington that lack tree canopy cover. This grant funding will support the planting of new trees in these areas as well as their long-term maintenance and care. Lake Monroe Water Fund in Monroe County received $15,000 for healthy woodlands and clean drinking water. The grant will help support live staking along the banks of Clay Lick Creek, a process that involves taking cuttings from woody plants and sticking them into the ground to help remediate soil erosion. The funds will also support the planting of native trees and shrubs adjacent to the creek to help stabilize the soil and create a habitat for birds and insects. The effort aims to improve water quality in the lake, which is the sole drinking water source for 150,000 Bloomington area residents and businesses. The project is adjacent to CYO Camp Rancho Promesa providing an opportunity to educate campers about water conservation and sustainability. The Nature Conservancy in Jefferson, Putnam, and Owen counties received $10,000 for ecological enhancement. The grants will support reforestation efforts at Pennywort Cliffs Nature Preserve in Jefferson County, 
Big Walnut Nature Preserve in Putnam County, and Greens Bluff Nature Preserve in Owen County. And now our WFHB Environmental Affairs Correspondent, Nathaniel Weinsapfel, will report on climate change in Indiana with Episode 4, Indiana Severe Weather Future. Episode 4, Indiana's Severe Weather Future with Dr. Cody Kirkpatrick, a senior lecturer with the Department of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences at Indiana University. This episode will allow us to understand how climate change will affect the types of extreme weather seen across the state, including tornadoes, floods, and heat waves. o'clock with an IT8 investigation and a warning about Indiana's electric grid this winter. A new report suggests that a major winter storm could leave parts or all of the state without electricity. This is a big deal. We're joining you from Kilroy's tonight right on Kirkwood Avenue here in Bloomington and as you can see there's still a lot of cleanup happening here from those floodwaters last night. Those with Kilroy's tell us they're hoping to open by Tuesday. It's tomorrow that our severe weather threat moves in. Check this out. Almost the entire state of Indiana is in that enhanced risk. That's a level three out of five. That means severe weather is going to be likely, and this threat is going to be an overnight threat that makes it even more dangerous. When the cold is stretching across the Midwest, the mayor of Indianapolis urged residents to stay indoors. Even 10 minutes of exposure may very well be harmful. Among the effects of climate change most publicized are extreme weather events. While it is still difficult to pinpoint how climate change might have impacted a singular historical event, scientists have found that overall, the planet is likely to experience an intensification of heat waves, droughts, storms, and winter weather. These more extreme variations in the weather of Indiana pose quite a danger to the state. Severe weather events can increase the amount of illnesses and deaths among vulnerable populations and lead to billions of dollars worth of damages to local communities statewide. Essential services such as emergency response vehicles, water supplies, and electricity could also be temporarily disrupted during these events. Overall, if climate change continues, this increase in severe weather events could harm Indiana and its Hoosier residents. In the previous episode, heat waves were discussed in regard to its impact on Hoosier farmers. To reiterate the findings, heat waves are projected to become more common due to climate change. Overall, summers in Indiana will be hotter. It is predicted that the number of days above 90 degrees Fahrenheit could last for about two and a half months on average during the summer months. While for many people this just means they will stay inside more or head to the pool, these events can actually be quite deadly, as Dr. Kirkpatrick describes. Here in Indiana, I think a lot of people don't consider heat waves as a severe weather or as a type of extreme weather. But on average in the United States, uh, heat causes the most fatalities, the most weather-related fatalities every year, greater number than tornadoes, than flooding, than hurricanes on average every year. And with warmer temperatures that we know are occurring and are going to continue uh, to occur, you can, with those warmer temperatures, also evaporate more water into the atmosphere. So our heat index values, the measure that we use for how uncomfortable it is on a summer day, will also go up and will be higher more often. And so 
one of the big things we can expect here in Indiana is that summers are going to be all around a little bit more dangerous uh, because they will be both warmer and more humid. As Dr. Kirkpatrick explained, heat waves are extremely dangerous and can even exacerbate extreme weather, coinciding with heat waves or droughts, which may hurt the water supply and can lead to prime wildfire conditions that could impact parts of Indiana's forests. Similarly, the urban heat island effect, which is the increase in warmth in a city due to the structures such as buildings, will intensify and keep cities much hotter than surrounding rural areas. This makes finding a place outside to cool off way more difficult. However, the most important risk lies in the damage that can be done to human health. As stated previously, heat waves lead to the most weather-related deaths on average every year. High air temperatures can result in heat stroke and dehydration risk, which hurt the cardiovascular and nervous systems. Warmer weather can also harm the air quality for many areas of the state due to the increase in ozone levels present at the surface. Ozone, in large quantities, can wreak havoc on the body and lead to both lung and heart-related issues. Dr. Kirkpatrick explains who will be impacted most by these risks associated with heat waves. Anybody that is vulnerable, so the elderly, children, the homeless population, anyone who is vulnerable to heat stress, heat-related stress, will have to be much more vigilant as the years go by in the coming decades because this risk will increase. While some months may experience these warmer temperatures and heat waves, another threat posed by climate change is an increase in flooding. Research from the Environmental Protection Agency has found that since 1970, the average annual rainfall has increased for the majority of the Midwest by about 5 to 10 percent. However, what is most dangerous is the discovery that on the four wettest days of the year, the amount of precipitation received has increased by about 35%. These days are the ones that have the highest potential to result in the worst floods. Dr. Kirkpatrick details this phenomena and the resulting consequences. One of the things that we have already seen is an increase in rainfall here in the Midwest. Uh, we've seen that over the last few decades. In the really statistics that we've looked at, um, one thing that seems to be happening is that those what we would call high-end days, the extreme rainfall days, those have, in some cases, gotten more extreme. So on the heaviest days, or the, the days with heaviest rain, the totals are even higher. Those days certainly put extra stress on all of our river systems from the, the small creeks and streams that you have you know, running behind your house or uh, under the road or even to the, the bigger, more major river systems. Uh, and that extra stress comes because when the rains are very heavy, these thunderstorm rains that we get or when we get rain for several days in a row, uh, much of the water is runoff. It, it, it goes directly into the streams because the ground will saturate pretty quickly. And so that extra stress on the river systems of, of all sizes is something that we will have to be aware of and watchful for. Central Indiana is no stranger to extreme flooding. At the start of this program, you heard a news report that explained the damage done to Kilroy's on Kirkwood, one of the most well-known bars in Bloomington, and found right next to the campus of Indiana University. These floods occurred last June and were a result of heavy rains and thunderstorms moving over central Indiana. Dr. Kirkpatrick provides more details. It was sometime in June, I think, 
when the Campus River flooded and part of Kirkwood uh, there by Kirkwood in Indiana flooded. And I think there was, uh, it was probably three or four feet of standing water down there. You could see some of the newspaper stands were floated. And I think there was a car or two that were caught up in that also. That was one of those special extreme cases that developed from multiple thunderstorms. So you had a period of several hours where thunderstorms kept forming over and over, uh, over Bloomington and really almost along Highway 46 for some reason. So uh, Bloomington, Ellettsville, almost all the way up to Terre Haute. And they kept developing in the same place for a few hours. One thunderstorm on its own will not often cause something like that. But when you get thunderstorms for hours and hours, you are going to overwhelm even the best drainage system, even the best sewage system cannot handle that much rain in that short of a period of time. There's really nothing you can do. Those events are going to happen sometimes. For Bloomington, this was certainly a day in which too much stress was placed on the drainage system of the city. This event resulted in over 17 water rescues by the Bloomington Fire Department and the death of a Bloomington resident. In response to what he called a, quote, once-in-a-century rain, unquote, Bloomington Mayor John Hamilton announced the continuation of the Hidden River Pathway Project, which seeks to connect the flood-prone areas of Kirkwood to an area south of the street in which better water infrastructure could alleviate some of the problems. While efforts are being made to prevent a future event from happening, the mayor believes that due to climate change, more events like this are likely to occur and be even more intense. Other areas of Indiana are likely to have their own problems. For example, a unique event that occurs in the weather of northwestern Indiana is lake effect snow due to Lake Michigan. This weather pattern is what gives Chicago its extremely cold winters. For many, these events coincide with heavy snow that makes commute practically impossible due to the severe conditions and can often lead to airport delays and power outages. When this coincides with strong wind gusts, blizzards form, and freezing temperatures dominate the region. While this is one extreme, the lake effect snow can also result in an average snowball fight, non-serious type of weather day. Dr. Kirkpatrick provides more insight as to how lake effect snow works and how climate change might modify the winter weather in this section of the state. Lake effect snow and Lake Michigan are, uh, that lake effect snow is one of the fun things to experience in northern Indiana, I think, in the wintertime. And one of the things about uh, lake effect snow and Lake Michigan is that Climate change does not mean that winter will go away uh, here in Indiana. Uh, we will still have cold weather. We will still get snow. And for lake effect snow specifically in northern Indiana, when you get that cold Canadian air that moves over the lake and then onto the land, that's what produces the lake effect snow. And so we will still get cold air from Canada. And as long as the lake is not frozen, you can get enough heat transfer from the water into the air to warm up the air and give it water vapor and produce clouds and snow. And we will still get that in the winter. And actually, it might be possible, we're still studying this, but it might be possible that we could have more opportunity for lake effect snow because the warming of the climate means that the Great Lakes are not freezing over for as long every winter. The water temperatures are a little bit warmer, so maybe there's a little bit more heat available from the water that can be taken up by the air and turned into clouds and snow in the winter. 
So that's one that we've got to watch. It might seem maybe counterintuitive, right? That a warming climate could produce more snow, but if it warms the water and gives us more chance to do that, it is possible that that could happen. Some of the greatest influences on the weather in our state and the rest of the country are the upper atmosphere conditions that are prime for the development of extreme weather events. In the atmosphere, temperature differences are what drive the changes in wind speeds that influence weather events on the ground. For example, scientists believe that climate change might be impacting the jet stream found in the northern hemisphere that typically blows west to east with the flows moving north and south. Dr. Kirkpatrick highlights how the shifts in the jet stream associated with climate change will likely alter the weather here in Indiana. So with climate change, one of the things that we are able to get a good handle on, and we are really confident about how things will change in the future, are these big, large atmospheric patterns, uh, flow patterns and circulation patterns and such. One of the big things that we are likely to see changes in is what we call the jet stream, the fast moving ribbon of air high in the atmosphere that really works to move our weather systems around. We have seen decades of warming in the Arctic already, and we know that that has disrupted the temperature differences across the globe that produce wind in the atmosphere. And it is likely that the jet stream will start to maybe fluctuate north and south more often, become more wavy. What that could do is lead to more surges of warm and cold air uh, here in Indiana more often. Uh, You know, we talk about how in the winter and even here in the spring, we get two or three days of cold weather and then two or three days of warm weather, and it just sort of oscillates back and forth. Those surges of warm and cold could become uh, more often. And I think that's something that if the jet stream continues to fluctuate more often, that's something we could come to expect. These fluctuations, according to many scientists, are being intensified by climate change and likely leading to more extreme weather events occurring. Such events include severe thunderstorms and tornadoes, which have made headlines recently due to the amount of tornadoes that have impacted the Midwest, Great Plains, and the South frequently throughout the last year. The conditions that can lead to the creation of these storm systems have become more common. With this in mind, Dr. Kirkpatrick gives an explanation of how thunderstorms are going to change and what researchers know now. So their intensity or their frequency, how often they happen, uh, how thunderstorms are going to change as the climate continues to change is something that we're still trying to get a better handle on. And part of the reason that that has been kind of challenging is that individual thunderstorms are really small. An individual thunderstorm might be 10 or 15 miles across uh, in size, and that's it. And so trying to understand how those small phenomena might change when it is the climate of the entire globe is changing has been uh, and continues to be a little bit challenging. So we're still trying to hone in on that. But we know that to get thunderstorms, we have ingredients that we need. We need warm and humid air, which we will definitely have. And for those thunderstorms to become severe, producing damaging winds, uh, large hail or tornadoes, we need an additional ingredient, wind shear. We need the wind speed and the wind direction uh, changing as you go higher up into the atmosphere compared to here at the ground. And one of the ways that we're trying to track how severe weather could change 
in the future is just to ask the question, well, how many days a year do we have all of those ingredients come together in the same place at the same time? Most of the studies that we have so far uh, show that across most of the United States, we expect those ingredients that produce the severe thunderstorms that can cause wind, hail, and tornadoes to come together more frequently. That is the expectation for now. We are still trying to understand, though, exactly where and exactly how often, because remember, thunderstorms and tornadoes are even smaller. Thunderstorms are small phenomena. So pinpointing exactly who will get how much more severe weather and exactly how much is still open. But overall, in aggregate, the expectation is that they'll probably happen uh, a little bit more often. When it comes to Indiana and the resulting effects of climate change, it seems that all areas of the state are prone to the severe weather that is expected to occur more frequently in the future. Northwestern Indiana may have more lake effects, snow-related events, while central Indiana may have more floods. The knowledge about climate change's overall impact on Indiana's weather is an ongoing source of study, but at the moment, steps are being taken to prepare for what is currently known. Local governments have experienced severe weather events and are implementing solutions that might mitigate the effects of another one. Being knowledgeable about the increasing frequency of severe weather events due to climate change is an effective tool to convey the reasons why sustainable and achievable adjustments should be made to become more environmentally friendly and prepare the state for climate change. For Eco Report, I'm Juliana Daly. And I'm Frank Marshalek. Here at Eco Report, we are currently looking for reporters, engineers, and segment producers. Our goal is to report facts on how we're all affected by global climate disruption and the ongoing assaults on our air, land, and water. We also celebrate ecologists, tree huggers, soil builders, and an assortment of champions who actively protect and restore our natural world, particularly those who are active in South Central Indiana. All levels of experience and all ages are welcome, and we provide the training you'll need. WFHB also offers internships. To volunteer for Eco Report, give us a call at 812-323-1200 or email us at earth at wfhb.org. And now for some upcoming events. Enjoy an autumn color sunset hike on Saturday, October 22nd at the Griffey Lake Nature Preserve from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Take in the views of the golden hour when the sun approaches the horizon before setting and lights up the world with fall colors of yellows, oranges, reds, and purples. Wear comfortable shoes and bring drinking water. Register at bloomington.in.gov parks. Spring Mill State Park will host a spooky folklore hike on Saturday, October 22nd from 8 to 9 p.m. Meet Anthony at the Donaldson Cave parking lot for a short evening hike that will include several local folklore stories. There will be an autumn tree hike on Sunday, October 23rd from 2 to 2.30 p.m. at Leonard Springs Nature Park. Learn how to identify trees by their foliage and growing features. Dress for the weather. Register at bloomington.in.gov parks. Learn about our hidden heroes, bats, at McCormick's Creek State Park on Sunday, October the 23rd, beginning at noon in the Deer Run Shelter. You will enjoy a one-mile hike while you learn about the lives of our local bats and the important roles they play. 
wear comfortable shoes, and bring water. Learn all about animal tracking basics and beyond at the Wapahani Mountain Bike Park on Saturday, October 29th from 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. You will receive instructions and perform exercises that will teach you how to identify signs that wildlife has left behind. Bring drinking water. Register at bloomington.in.gov parks. Eco Report is brought to you in part by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. Found locally at 812-334-4003 and on the web at mpisolarenergy.com. This week's headlines were written by Norm Holly. Our feature was prepared and presented by Nathaniel Weinsatful. Our script today was assembled by Juliana Daly and edited by Patrick Callanan. Juliana Daly compiled our events calendar. Patrick Callanan produced and edited the audio for today's show. For WFHB, I'm Juliana Daly. And I'm Frank Marshlek. And this is Eco Report.